0: all right everyone welcome to strictly sports i'm jacob brown joined here with my co-host cj uri steve Cashin has been partying for like three days about the tampa bay lightning winning the stanley cup so he isn't here for today's pod uh but we're here to talk about everything else uh so cj how you doing your marlins are in the playoffs today your heater in the NBA Finals—you got to be living really high right now. It's a pretty crazy day. Um, I can't
1: remember the last time that both of my both teams in South Florida were in the playoffs at the same time playing on the same day. Hell, the last time the Marlins were in the playoffs, I was a toddler and I was at the game. Um, it's just crazy. The last time the Heat were in the finals, I was able to go to a few playoff games during that run, but. Um, I was a freshman in high school, maybe. So now I'm out of college and I'm both of my teams, both two teams out of my four from South Florida sports are playing on the same day in the playoffs. I can't ask for much more. So big day. And I
0: really do believe the Marlins can do it and get to the next round. Yeah, I do too. And we'll get into that later. And, um, you know, and this will never happen again, either. You're never going to have baseball playoffs, Um, and the NBA Finals happen on the same day. That's just because of this year, and so it creates stuff like this. And with Steve, too, he's going right from the Lightning Cup run, and then the next day the Rays start their World Series run. So the scheduling's been really cool in 2020. I know it came because of some tragic scenarios, uh, but still it's cool for sports fans to have all this coming out at the same time. Uh, But FAU, they've had to postpone their first two games. We'll start talking about this uh, due to covid First game against Georgia Southern, FAU had too many tests. Second game against USF, I believe the understanding was that USF couldn't get their testing done in time. Uh, I believe the game could have been played, but I believe it was more USF's fault than anything else. FAU is scheduled to play Charlotte this weekend. I'm not going to call the game. I'll be in studio, uh, but we're going to have John Stefano and Chris Trapp calling that game this weekend. Uh, but uh, CJ, what do you think is going through FAU's mind right now? You've had your first two games canceled and now you're going into this third game against Charlotte. Is the mindset different now that you've had these two weeks off? Maybe you're thinking you're a little more fresh, or are you thinking, shit, maybe we need to catch up here?
1: Um, now, I would say that it was shit. Maybe we need to catch up here if they had to play USF last week. Obviously, USF is more talented than Charlotte was going to be, or really ever will be. I still believe the FAU would have won last week, and Vegas had them open up at six-point favorites on Monday. Um, I believe that this FAU football team is just a sleeping giant right now uh, within the college football world who isn't seeing multiple conferences play. You saw Marshall get ranked, a couple other teams get ranked that you know really that's where FAU could have been this year if they were able to play their first couple games. It's really frustrating, but um, I really believe that you're going to see this this week on Saturday, if the game is played, God willing, uh, the the FAU defensive line is amongst the best in group of five and now for for avid fau fans or even casual fau football fans you won't really recognize many names on this uh fau d line and and on the on the roster as a whole but if you go on that d line and you look at those names you look at those the the leadership we have on that um d line through experience and at the same time height weight Physicality, the whole night, it's all there in that package. And I think they're gonna eat the season big time. And then you're also gonna see a heavy dose of that run game through BJ Emmons. I think that I think the owls will be just fine this weekend if the game's played.
0: Yeah, I mean Charlotte, excuse me, should probably be a win. This is a game you should win. And and before the pod, you were saying that there is a makeup date for that Georgia Southern game. You said December fifth. Sorry,
1: the yeah the game yeah Georgia Southern has uh, rescheduled and accepted to reschedule the game um, for December fifth, which is good because they're uh, they're an out of conference team. We don't really see them, uh, and, and that's good to get out of our conference and, and show and, and get a win uh, and get some competition going out of the conference. And I really hope that uh, Brian White and the athletic department are in talks with the South Florida the athletic department and rescheduling that game. That was a massive game for FAU recruiting wise. Uh, flip a few three stars to to FAU or or show South uh, the state of Florida like you know we'll, we'll win against other Florida teams too, not just FAU. So uh, hopefully that game gets rescheduled. And to be honest, anything short of that being rescheduled is massive, massive failure this season. And I know that this was COVID's doing, and not necessarily uh, coming down to any one individual in terms of uh, optics and, uh, and operations, but. This game needs to be rescheduled, and I'm hoping that both sides can come to a conclusion.
0: And I think, too, not just reschedule the games, but FAU was supposed to be on national broadcasts, especially the first game. They were going to be on the main ESPN channel. Second game, they were going to be on CBS Sports Network. You, well, you that got
1: CBS a- Sports Network game got switched to uh, ESPN again.
0: Oh, so that there we go.
1: Back-to-back weeks on ESPN.
0: Right. I mean, so th- that's another thing this athletic department has to make sure of. If you're going to play these games – Get that national broadcast that you were assured of when the games were going to be played. That's huge. FAU needs to be out there and promoted. And uh, also really cool FAU news. Harrison Bryant caught his first touchdown pass this weekend. That was awesome to see uh, with Baker Mayfield. It's just like, it's amazing seeing him right across. I live at IVA right across from the stadium. And I'm like, geez, man, like one year ago he's here and now he's catching passes from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he crazy. That,
1: uh, he caught that pass from Baker, and then Odell Beckham came running over to give him a high five. It's just yep, it's surreal. It's, it's surreal. Really cool. like, yeah,
0: I even remember
1: my freshman year. Uh, he, we had a, we had like one or two conversations in like the panini line and the this freshman cafeteria, and um, he was always really nice, and you know would say such positive things about the football team. Uh, and he was one of my favorite guys to watch over the years here. And let's not forget. Devin Singletary had a monster game against the Los Angeles Rams. He made yes. a few unbelievable cuts. And I got to tell you, Devin Singletary has to be amongst the top 10, top 15 backs in the league. When he plants his foot and makes the first cut, he's got to be ranked in the top 15 as guys who will make you miss big time. And he has a, he had a great game, and he did that in Zach Moss's absence. So if you're a Devin Singletary owner, in fantasy football that should look good on the coaching staff for the Buffalo Bills and they will give him an even more chances and maybe it'll be 70-30 and not 60-40 uh, percentage of the um, workload there in Buffalo so
0: yeah and Singletary can do it on the running he can he's a great pass catcher he brings the whole package so he's absolutely peak potential he's a top 15 running back uh, but we'll transition into the NFL now uh, there has been the first I guess outbreak—you can call it—of COVID. Uh, it was only three players, five uh, staff members. No players from the other team that they played tested positive, so it only impacted the Tennessee Titans. And the NFL still wants to play this weekend. That uh, they—I believe they're scheduled. Try, I'm, I'm blanking on. I think they're—are they playing ten, uh, Pittsburgh this weekend, or Minnesota? Maybe I, I forget who they're playing. Uh,
1: it's, it's Pittsburgh, Tennessee is the one that was postponed.
0: Right, right. So the NFL, they're trying to get that game to be played this weekend still. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, here's the thing. NHL, NBA, no cases the entire time. They were in a bubble. Baseball hasn't had any cases since the first two weeks when the Marlins and Cardinals were breaking out. Uh, Literally zero for baseball. College football, obviously there's been a few teams, uh, but that's going to happen when you have hundreds of schools playing at the same time. Someone's going to break out. Uh, And then the NFL, it took three weeks so for the first outbreak for me to be three players, really not that big of a deal to me. I think they'll they'll, they'll recover, and if they play the game on Sunday, nothing's going to happen.
1: Absolutely, um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little at ease here because I find the NFL to be a no nonsense league. Um, not in terms of you know like 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 politics aside. Uh, I feel like the I feel like the NFL. When it comes to coronavirus, it's going to be no nonsense and it's going to make sure that this game is played uh, swiftly. Um, and for all the the mishaps in the MLB at the beginning of the year, you know, they were the first team to start without a bubble. They had some, some slip ups at the beginning of the year from a few teams. But when you look at it, uh, they ended up doing a pretty good job and all the teams played and finished on time. And it was very fair. Uh, and I feel like the NFL will ensure that this game is played before next week's Sunday games. And uh, I think that this is what's going to happen. I don't think the game will be played Sunday uh, as, it, as it was postponed. But anyway, I doubt the game is played Sunday. Uh, I think the game um, could potentially be on a Monday night doubleheader, but I think that we can maybe see our first ever Tuesday night football. And I think the game gets played a day afterward. And then I think that they put both teams in their matchups a day later uh the following week so that they can get back to being um their weekly schedules and they're not uh, at a clear disadvantage but i do feel like the game is played on a tuesday of this upcoming week or wednesday
0: that would be awesome if we got tuesday football bro i mean that would be really cool um and also i'd like to point out um i'm completely forgot what i was just about to say Uh, oh yeah the Everyone was complaining when the Marlins and Cardinals got their COVID tests as well. When they were testing positive, they're like, oh, this isn't fair to these two teams. Both teams made the playoffs. So baseball didn't even suffer the consequences of, oh, two teams had to completely replace their rosters or in the Cardinals case, take like a week and a half off. Oh, this is so unfair. They're going to have to play so many games in such a tight schedule. They still made the playoffs. So it didn't really impact baseball at all in terms of a competitive standpoint. And then after those two teams, we're testing positive. There were no positives anywhere else. So baseball did a good job, and now they're doing a bubble for the playoffs once the ALDS starts. So baseball was totally fine, but yeah, that would be awesome if we had football on Tuesday. So let's look at these week three games. Your Dolphins beat the Jags 31-13. to You called that. You said they would win big against Jacksonville, and they did. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from this game?
1: Uh, my biggest takeaways is that we are, I, I, I think the defense is hitting its stride. I think that was always going to happen. Uh, the, no preseason games There's there. there, there a lot of new names on the defensive side of the ball, uh, specifically the secondary and the D line combined, I think has four or five new faces that are seeing, uh, critical time in the games. Uh, the linebacking core, I think has finally, uh, like, like turned it on. And I think that, you're seeing Kyle Van Noy and Jerome Baker really get after it. And Kyle Van Noy looked amazing on Thursday night. He created turnovers. He was he was in the backfield the whole night. And Jerome Baker, you have your more of a uh cover linebacker that's a ball hawk. Um, he's a little bit lighter on his feet and pretty quick. He he was all over it. Um, but here's here's the the writings on the wall here. The Ryan Fitzpatrick patented Three straight week, amazing performances upon us. Last week at the halftime, he only missed one throw and two quarters. He already had two touchdowns. He was looking great. He managed the clock really well, and he did what he's he's been doing. And in terms of fantasy football value and yards and touchdowns, the Fitzpatrick's been doing great. You know, it's just the defense the first two weeks couldn't get a stop and get him back on the field. Now you're seeing that. Obviously, it's Gardner Minshew, but Gardner Minshew was lights out the first two weeks. So clearly the, the Dolphins did a good job. So as you can see, Fitzpatrick's kind of hitting a stride, the defense hitting a stride, and you're getting out of those no preseason jitters. But we get Seattle this week. So that's, that's, uh, it's going to be really tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, uh, people forget, man, like you brought it up, Kyle Van Noy, they have Xavier Howard, they signed Byron Jones. They drafted a few guys. People, are, they have legit names on this defense. This is a legit team starting to form. So this isn't the Dolphin, Dolphins of last year. This is a real roster. Uh, we'll move on. 49ers without a lot of their players still crush my Giants. Giants are one of the worst teams in football. Tank year, number four in a row. Bears beat the Falcons 30-26. to 26. You and Steve called this. My reasoning, I thought Atlanta was un, in trouble. They were 0-2. I was thinking, okay, Atlanta definitely can outscore Chicago, but apparently not because they finally took Mitch Trubisky out, put in foals, He won them the game, and the Falcons blew another huge lead, second straight week in a row that they couldn't hold on to a lead. Terrible defense, and I'm sorry, CJ, but I had to bring it up. You said the Falcons were going to make the playoffs, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I did say the Falcons were going to make the playoffs. It's not looking too good right now. That's on me. Uh, there's still time for them to turn it around. And they've got the offense to do it. This isn't the offense's fault. I, this is a lot of it is coaching. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad of a coach Dan Quinn is. He's got to go. And I just it's, it's the fundamentals and, and the base coaching. Obviously, he's a good coach, but when it's been, he's just lost the plot in Atlanta. When it comes down to the X's and O's and preserving a lead, they should be three and zero right now. The Atlanta Falcons are actually should they should be two and one because they did they did get beat by the Seattle Seahawks. So it wasn't really that close of a game, but they should be two and one right now. And they should yep. be, you know, looking in the driver's seat like, you know, you start off two and one and you're not necessarily in the driver's seat per se, but you you've got yourself through the first three games and, you know, any team will take two and one, you know, and then you go to your next three games and then, hey, let's do that again. And they have the offense to do it. Calvin Ridley's the number one wide receiver in the NFL right now in terms of production. Matt Ryan's throwing the ball pretty well. It's just you ask Matt Ryan, hey, put up 35 points, but then you need to make this final throw to make it 42 at the end of the game. That's yeah. just not fair. The defense exactly. is horrible. The coaching just doesn't get them through the the uh, the last part of the race at the end of the game, and it's really tough to watch. But I will say that I was wrong. 0-3, doubt they're going to make the playoffs. So that's one pick already out the window.
0: That's what happens, man. Hey, I'm already regretting my no Packers to the playoffs. That might have been my worst take of all time. So we're both, uh, you know, had some pretty bad NFC predictions there. Uh, But the Falcons are about to go to 0-4 because they're facing the Packers this weekend. I don't think there's any chance the Falcons win that game. Uh, I feel like, to me, if you're the Falcons and you're serious about winning, fire Quinn after he loses to the Packers. You can't keep that coach in. Uh, They should have fired him after last season. And now he's going to be 0-4 this year. Inexcusable. They have the roster to do it. You're completely right. Uh, Then we'll move on to Rams-Bills. Bills Bills won 35-32. You were really close in this one. You called Rams in a shootout. Uh, They almost came back and won that game. But I'm telling you, Josh Allen, he's looking very legit. He's not throwing interceptions like he did last year. His completion percentage is a lot better. He's a great runner. And this Bills team is turning into a, a very formidable force. Uh, yeah
1: look uh the defense uh, i I was I'm really surprised by the defense so far the Buffalo Bills defense is just not good whatsoever right yeah I'm shocked people. by that yeah they put a lot of draft capital into this defense they put free agent capital into it too uh uh financials the whole nine uh Ed Oliver the list goes on really that defense is just stacked with guys uh, and they always have been the bills have had a pretty damn good defense for the better half of the last 10 years mm-hmm. uh so it's really surprising that they're giving up all this. All these yards, these points, these comebacks. I mean, dude, the freaking Dolphins, Fitz, Fitz looked just fine against them. The week before that, he put up 28. It was a 31-28 to 28 game. Right. So, for everybody praising Josh Allen, which he deserves the praise, Josh Allen has looked really, really good. You can't sit here and say this defense is good enough to get you far in the postseason. It's very and true. Not, because all you're looking for, like, you know, it could be week Wild Card one, or it could be the divisional series, round two one or two bad throws from Josh Allen, despite him throwing three touchdowns. It doesn't matter. The defense is going to let up those touchdowns um, the other way. And I knew the Rams were never out of that game, even down 28 to three or 25 to seven, whatever, whatever it was, they were never out of the game. Like not one bit. Sean McVay knew that. And to be completely honest with you, the Rams came back and for me, they won that football game. That phantom pass interference call at the end of the game. Save the Buffalo Bills, and then Josh Allen throws another touchdown. But that game never should have been won by the Bills. It was third and twenty-five with like twenty seconds left, and they give him a pass interference call that was a phantom pass interference call on the six-yard line. Unreal, incredible, incredible. And if that that's got to scare you, if you're a Bills fan or you're a Bills coach, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but Josh Allen can light it up for you as many weeks as possible. But if you don't have a defense that's going to stop him, I'm sorry, it's just not going to work.
0: No, I completely agree with you. I mean, I should have brought that up. I mean, the Bills defense has been giving up a lot of points. And before the season, you kind of thought, okay, that's the one group on the Bills that you can look at and say, okay, we're fine here. But it hasn't been so far. And the offense was the question mark. Meanwhile, Stefan Diggs has had a really amazing season so far. We mentioned Singletary. We mentioned Moss. They still have John Brown at receiver, Cole Beasley at receiver. This is a good offense, so they're going to need to step up. But as for the Rams, they kind of have the same problems as the Bills, although I think the Rams' defense is a little bit better. They got Jalen Ramsey and other guys, but the Rams also score a lot of points and give up a lot of points. But I think this Rams team, they're going to make the playoffs, and and I should have picked them to make the playoffs because they were 9-7 and in a bad year last year, and they had a top-five red zone offense last year. So you're talking about one more game goes your way and you're 10-6 and six making the playoffs. So this Rams team, they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Goff looks a little bit better than he did last year. It's a good Rams team.
1: Absolutely. And to wrap up the Rams uh, talk, I do believe that Aaron Donald has all, has shown once again that he is the best defensive player in the National Football League. Uh, a lot of people like to debate between Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. I'm sorry, but it is Aaron Donald. Um, Khalil Mack is amazing, but Aaron Donald literally it, – it's I, I haven't seen a defensive tackle or an interior D-lineman this unbelievably dominant that he can take over the game and get the Rams back in the game just through the defense. Right. He got the Rams back, Rams offense back on the field in crunch time when the Rams were hot with ease by himself through the middle. He made Josh Allen's life a living hell. And I got to tell you, man, he's unbelievable. And if he keeps playing like that, there's no reason why the Rams can't be at the top of the NFC.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when you have a top-line defender, not just one but two of them with Ramsey too, sky's the limit. I mean, you got the secondary taken care of. You got your D-line taken care of. You have the offensive talent. They need Cam Akers to come back and be healthy in times for the playoffs. Hopefully that happens for them, but the Rams are a very good team for sure. Uh, Browns beat the uh, Washington football team 34 to 20. They should have. The game was too close for a little bit. Baker's overrated. We'll move on. Titans beat the Falcons 31 to 30. Man, the Vikings, another team. I picked them to win the division. They're 0-3. Kirk Cousins has been dog shit. Their defense, and this is the thing when I described them in the beginning of the season, I said they replaced all of their premier defenders with high draft picks and other signings. They got Yannick Ngakwe, Michael Pierce from Baltimore, Jeff Gladney in the draft. um, I believe Kinsler in the draft at corner, but you can't go into the season saying, okay, we can just count on rookies to replace guys that have been here for years. They had a foundation on defense. They lost that. It takes a year, maybe even two years for a defense to start to gel, you're seeing that. And Kirk Cousins, without support, I mean, he's 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 looking like a bottom 10 quarterback in the league.
1: Yep, absolutely. I was talking to my dad the other day. You know, when you look at that Vikings roster, they're among some of the best rosters in the NFL with those big name, big name talent, you know, lots of talent on both sides of the ball. But that offensive line needs a lot of work. Uh, I like Mike Zimmer. He's a great coach. I like C- Coach Zim. He's awesome. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I actually don't really think it's all Kirk Cousins' fault, per se. I don't think he's got much time back there. Um, And I also feel as if uh, a lot of Kirk Cousins' successes in Minnesota, when they've been good and when they've been on, is when Dalvin Cook is able to run the ball. And when you're not creating enough push for Dalvin Cook to run the ball, then Kirk Cousins can't get the play action going. And when Kirk Cousins can't play the play action, then you're going to get him in the shotgun. And then when you have him constantly throwing the ball, that's when mistakes come it all leads to a loss for the Minnesota Vikings. It is a domino effect and it's unfortunate. I had the Minnesota Vikings pretty high this year and they are awful. So, uh, you know, obviously I think that they can crawl back to close to 500 and make it interesting towards the middle part of the season. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting time for Kirk Cousins, he isn't Pat Mahomes. He isn't Russell Wilson. He ain't Tom Brady. He's not Lamar Jackson. He is not even close to those guys and you're not going to win because of Kirk Cousins, but you can certainly lose because of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree with you on all points there. And their schedule, they got Houston next week. Houston's also 0-3. They've had a brutal schedule. We'll get to that game right now. Dude, Houston, they have been so screwed with the schedule. I have never seen a more unfair schedule given to a team. Three straight road games to start your season. Kansas City opening night. Then you get Baltimore. And then you get Pittsburgh. All on the road. And listen, before the season, maybe people are like, oh, Pittsburgh's not the same team. Pittsburgh is a top five defense. You said it before the season. You said they have one of the best. You said they have the best defense in the NFL. They, You can't run on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they are. They have a great secondary as well. So even if you're going to the season and say, oh, well, Pittsburgh wasn't a playoff team last year. They could schedule them against Pittsburgh. That's still three straight road games against teams you know they are going to be competitors. That's an unfair uh, disadvantage for the Houston Texans. They wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway because their roster just isn't there. But this isn't fair to Houston. They lost by a touchdown to the Steelers 28 21. What are your opinions on the Texans and and about their game against Minnesota next week?
1: My opinion on the Texans is, is they should not have their head coach, who's clearly bad at coaching, also be <laughs> the GM who's clearly bad at making football decisions. They're not a good team. They've got one player, they've got one player on the offensive side of the ball where I'm like, that guy's really good to just to Sean Watson. That's it. They made a trade with the Dolphins that I was so unbelievably happy about. Laramie Tunsil for two first-rounders, back-to-back years? Are you joking? Yeah. Laramie Tunsil might be a premier left tackle talent, but he's not putting it all together in Houston, and he's not looked good since he got there. I have not heard one critic say, dude, that trade was great. Laramie Tunsil looks awesome in the Texans' uniform. He's killing it over there. (laughs) Deshaun Watson has no pressure on that left side. Yeah, right. Deshaun Watson's on his back foot before the play even starts. And guess what? The Dolphins own their draft pick. And right now the Dolphins are in pole position for the first overall pick without even sucking because we get the pick from the Houston Texans. That team is yep. not good. Oh. The trade for the trade with D-Hop to David Johnson further shows the incompetence. Now, I understand the financial side of everything. They're going to pay Deshaun Watson all that money. They probably can't afford a DeAndre Hopkins type guy. But guess what? Deshaun Watson ain't worth that kind of cash. He's really, really good, and he's a top ten quarterback in this football league. But unless your name's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, or freaking Lamar Jackson, you're not getting that money. I'm sorry. I, I
0: don't know about that. I, I think Deshaun is worth that money. Absolutely. I think that if he, so if he had started his career with Baltimore, I think he'd be better than Lamar Jackson. I'll say absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the I think th-
1: he's not in a position. He's not in an organization that knows how to do shit. So when you're going to give Deshaun Watson that amount of cash and then tell Bill O'Brien, now budget the rest of it and give us a roster, you right. can't do it. Yeah, then, He's no, not going to be able to do it. So I retract, I, I'm going to retract a little bit here. Deshaun Watson is worth that money to an extent, but not worth that money in this organization. He's worth yeah. that money in a Chiefs uniform. He's worth that money in a Packers uniform. He's worth that money in a freaking Ravens uniform or, or a Steelers uniform. Organizations that know how to budget, win and coach. The Texans don't know how to do any of that. And they're screwed for years to come. And I feel bad because I liked watching Deshaun Watson selling football.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why Watson would do that to himself either. Like test the free agent market. Uh, you, you, I feel like he could have gotten even more money by saying, okay, I'm going to wait for contracts to come in and decide which offer to get. Could have had some leverage and said, "Hey, I'm on a terrible Houston Texans team, and I still won X amount of games, still had X amount of passing yards, still did this, still did that." He could have gotten way more money on the open market, in my opinion. I think it's a dumb decision by him not to test that. Another quarterback. David, that, you know,
1: I got to tell you, it's 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 nice to see some loyalty though in sports. It He's is. It by is. The Texans, and he enjoys the he enjoys living there, and he wants to win in Tex In, in, in Texas, I like that. I would not say that, okay, look, Kansas City, I've never been to the city, so I could be totally wrong here. But I would not say that Kansas City is on your top 10 list of destinations in the United States of America that you would want to live in. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is loyal to Kansas City, and he loves to win there, and he wants to constantly win in Chiefs Kingdom. That's awesome. You need to see more of that. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh ain't a great place to live. I'm sorry. You're you're not living in Pittsburgh. You're not growing up saying, I can't wait to get a condo in Pittsburgh. I can't (laughs) wait to settle down there and have a family outside of Pittsburgh. No, no one's doing that. But it's the organization. People want to win for them. That's cool to see. We need to see more of that in sports. We need to see more of that in basketball.
0: Oh, dude. Basketball, I don't think that'll ever happen again because these guys just want to – have super teams and stuff like that but you're right it's good to see loyalty you're never going to see those tom brady runs where you're with the same team for 17 years except for patty mahomes and probably lamar jackson and a few other guys it's just a little handful of the nfl um, but another quarterback that i cannot praise ever again carson wentz they tied the Bengals 23 23 this week they're oh 0-2 and one they're about to be 0-3 and one What's going on with the Eagles? I just – I don't understand how Carson Wentz can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They were given many chances. I mean, many – they had chances in OT. They had chances in the fourth quarter. Uh, They had – they could have kicked the winning field goal in OT, but then they had the offensive penalty. I believe it was a false start. They had that 50-something-yard field goal, got pushed back 60-something yards, and then they had to punt and tie the game. Carson Wentz is not a top-five quarterback. I've said that in the past. He's absolutely not. He has the talent, but he doesn't have the wherewithal to win. They finally give him the tools. He can't do it. I'm sorry. Carson Wentz, you got to improve.
1: Totally agree. And to be honest, here is my honest opinion The Philadelphia Eagles made a deal with the devil. Give me a Super Bowl, and that's it. I could care less after that. And in return, the Eagles have sucked, they're awful. They've been awful for a few years now. They're yeah, not good. Yeah. Doug Pedersen, what are you doing? They're, what are you doing? There's 15 seconds left on the clock, and you're going to punt the ball to, to accept the tie? Yeah. Are you joking? Against That's Cincinnati. Incredible. Barstool, Barstool Big Hat, and um, on PMT, he had this. I saw this clip, so funny. He was like, Doug Pedersen wrote a book called Fearless <laughs> and then punted on. Fourth and whatever with 16 seconds left instead of yeah. trying to win the football game. It's just so true. What are you doing? And Carson Wentz looks awful. I don't really, I don't like outside of Zach Ertz and even Goddard, I don't like their receiving options. I don't think that they're even using Miles Sanders the way that you should probably be using Miles yeah. Sanders. Yeah. Miles Sanders yeah. should be um, in, amongst the league leaders in running back receptions, and he's not. Why are you not? having boston scott or whoever else come in and run the ball and be your 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 power back within between the tackles and have miles sanders be your outside back catching balls getting to the edge on runs and look i understand miles sanders is a good running back but his skill set should be used a little bit better and it's not being used any better like they just they don't look like they can look I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a better team than people realize, but they are. It's still you're the Eagles. You should. You're Carson. Once you won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, there's no reason why you shouldn't be beating the Bengals or at least tr- trying to do it in overtime to accept the tie. It's, yeah. it's it's. I don't know what's going on in Philly, but it's just not good, and I, I don't see it changing. I think that they will be in the market for a top ten draft pick at the end of the year.
0: They probably will. They probably will. And the Cowboys, man, they're so lucky that they're in the NFC East. So lucky that they're in the NFC East because they have so many injuries. They're really just an average football team. The only reason they get so much attention is because they're the Dallas Cowboys. They're an average roster, especially now with Sean Lee, Van Der Esch being out, Jarwin being out, a lot of injuries over there. Uh, And they lost Byron Jones. So the the Cowboys are overrated as always, and they're only going to win the division because everyone else sucks. Uh, And then you look at the rest of the games – Jets got blown out by the Colts, we don't have to talk about that. Panthers beat the Chargers, don't really have to talk about that one either. Bucks beat the Broncos, we knew that was going to happen. Uh Lions Cardinals, Lions get their first game uh, win of the year. Kind of upsetting for Arizona cuz this is a game they could have won. You didn't expect them to make the playoffs or really make a realistic run, but they started out really nice. Another 2 and 1. They could have been 3 and 0, oh, which would have been really exciting. Uh they could have beat a team like Detroit. Sad not to see it. Uh Seattle beat Dallas 38-31. Expected, as you like to say, Mister Unlimited for Russell Wilson. He's Mr. been on top.
1: Unlimited.
0: There we go. Yeah, he's been one of the best QBs in the NFL, if not the best this year. Obviously, there's Patty Mahomes, uh, and then the Packers beat the Saints against Drew Brees, who can't throw a football over ten yards. Uh, Thirty-seven to thirty, and then the Chiefs beat the Ravens, thirty-four to twenty. So out of those game, and by the way, and we could talk about this game now, Chiefs Ravens. I never want to hear again. That Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Adiel Gomez, he'll be on the show soon. This is something we can actually fully attack him on. He tried to tell me before the season Lamar Jackson is a better football player and quarterback. He still says Lamar's a better football player than Lamar than uh Patrick Mahomes, but he said before the season Lamar's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's never won a big game in his entire life. What are you what are we talking about here? Patrick Mahomes last week came back against the Chargers. He was incredible in that fourth quarter an overtime this week. He absolutely obliterates the Ravens defense, which is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Don't ever tell me that Lamar Jackson is better than Patrick Mahomes. It's like comparing Michael Jordan and then everyone else in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is on a pedestal that no one else is on right now.
1: Um, In a, in a way, I, 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 Agree, but I also disagree. I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is the guy, but I feel like just below him, just below him is Russell Wilson. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, but Russell Wilson has been so unbelievably good. Right. He is so good. He was so good last year. He was QB two last year. I I know. I like in terms of just throwing the ball. Like Lamar Jackson had an MVP year last year. Never taken away from him. Unbelievable year. Yes. Lights out. Great great performance. He's still an unbelievable quarterback and an unbelievable athlete. Yes. I'll never take it away from him. And I think he does not get as much credit as he deserves with his arm. I think he's a good thrower of the football. But at the end of the day, the two best, the top three best throwing quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear it from anyone else. And the thing is, is it's Pat and then right below him's Russ, and then it's Lamar Jackson. In my opinion, the top yep. three quarterbacks in the league. And then Rodgers is having a great year. Never gonna take that away from him. Rodgers is a top five quarterback. But the the top three guys, the top three guys right now, it's Pat Russ Lamar. Lamar isn't number two anymore, in my opinion. He missed Hollywood Brown wide open a few times last game. He actually didn't read the defensive, the the the, the defensive pass rushing. The O-line didn't do that bad of a job. They actually Lamar put himself in positions where he was having to be rushed to throw the football instead of stepping up in the pocket. With your chest, say with your chest. Step up and throw that damn ball. Plant that foot. Throw it down the field. He wasn't doing that, and he needs to get like like I understand. He is so good out of the pocket, like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers when he scrambles out of the pocket to the right, he's unbelievable. He always makes those throws. Lamar Jackson when he scrambles out of the pocket, you have to respect the run, which ends up giving him more time to throw the ball, but. The Chiefs limited that and said, you stay in the pocket, beat us by staying in the pocket and throwing the football down the field. Hollywood Brown was open multiple times. And I will say Mark Andrews dropped a few yep. balls that could he- have been caught and and that really screwed them. But Hollywood Brown maybe had three touchdowns alone out there that, were, that he was left out there on, that were overthrown, underthrown. And that just can't happen. I think Lamar Jackson's a top three quarterback in the NFL. But in right now, for me, it's Pat. Russ, right there, close second, and that just shows how good Pat is because Russ is having that good of a season.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you on the top three there, uh, undeniable in my opinion. Uh, quick thoughts on the Saints? Are they in trouble here with with Breeze?
1: Um, no. I see. I think that the Saints are in a very similar situation as the Dallas Cowboys, but just in a better, a way better division. So. I believe that the New Orleans Saints, the defense is highly overrated. I like the pass rush. Outside of that, it's bad. It's not good. Not good one bit. Uh Drew Brees, I think is you still can win with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees can still win you a game. Uh I just he needs to I think he needed a few games. There's a lot of drama this offseason. Uh, you know, he got FUs from his from teammates, from people around the league uh uh and it, it was a tough offseason no preseason um it's hard i mean i just i know it's three games another one and two right now but when you have alvin camara playing the way he is michael thomas has been out they haven't got a full game from michael thomas Not, week one they didn't even get a full game from him week two and three he wasn't even in the game that's their number one guy on offense outside camara like him and camara are just like you once you got to respect the run and throwing the ball to Camara, then you have to take somebody away from the middle of the field. Michael Thomas slant. Boom. Yes. That has been, that has been their bread and butter for the past three years. And you don't have MT. And I think the defense needs big adjustments, but I got to tell you, Drew Brees, you can win with him. And that pass rush is good enough to get you the ball back a couple times. But I think they're in a very similar situation as the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are one and two. They're just in a shit division. So they're definitely going to make the playoffs because they're the best team in that division. Um, but the defense is awful and you're putting a lot of pressure on your quarterback and the offense to basically give us at least three points every drive. That's really difficult to do. And I feel like that's, that is their main issue right now, but I wouldn't say hit the panic button yet, but if they were to go one and three, that's when you say, okay, let's hit the panic button here because two and two and being 500 through four games, totally fine.
0: You're fine. Yeah. And they face Detroit next week. So they should they get Detroit, then the Chargers, then the Panthers. They should rack off three straight wins.
1: Here's the thing. Detroit just went and beat a very good Cardinals team on the road. And I know that people say, you know, on the road, whatever. But it's different time zones. It's a long distance from Detroit to Arizona. Right, yeah. It's a road game. And, and Detroit can and, score. And Det- but that's the thing. Detroit can score. And what Detroit is going to see is, Okay, so we saw Derek Carr absolutely destroy the Saints in, in the short passing game. Him to Darren Waller for, 10, for, for within the 10 to 12-yard radius was the Saints couldn't even put a hand on it. They, they couldn't figure it out. I like TJ Hawkinson, and Stafford throws the ball just as good as anyone in the league. His arm is just as special as anybody in this, in the NFL. It stacks up against the league's best. I know he makes some crap decisions. So I know he's not a guy that you have to respect out of the pocket, but he's going to throw the ball and you know, he's going to get 20 completions a game because he throws the ball like 40 times. So it's really going to, I think that game can has potential to be a shootout. I, I think that the Lions' receivers and tight ends are going to um, have their way. And then you got to think about it. AP Deandre Swift, carry on Johnson out of the backfield. So then you have to allocate defenders to go cover that. And then you have Marvin Jones, Galladay, and Hawkinson down the field. There's no reason why the Lions can't push the Saints to a really close game. For the Saints, you can't look at this game and be, you know what, this is a game that we're probably going to win. It's a 50-50 in my opinion.
0: Yeah, like that's the thing with the Lions is that you look at that offense and you say that stacks up uh, roster-wise, one of the best. They just can't go and get those wins. But on a week-to-week basis, when you look at them in individual matchups, you can't take them lightly because they do have that offensive talent. And I will tell you, one team that does have a legitimate offense in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are top five in every category right now defensively. They were also top five last year, uh, I believe second half on. They were top five in every defensive category last year. That D-line is nasty with Sue, JPP, Vita Vea, um, Shaq Barrett. They added corners, uh, Winfield in, in, in the draft. This Bucks defense is is real.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of had my doubts about the Bucks defense, but Shaq Barrett and, you know, the rest of the guys that you just mentioned, I mean, they can clearly get the job done. I do still believe that they're gonna need a little bit more from Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones as yeah. a whole uh going forward. Cause look, I, I I say this because it's true. Tom Brady is the goat of winning football. He is a winner. He is a guy who's gonna win. He's not the most talented guy. He's never been the most talented guy in the league at any given time in his in his career, but he knows how to win. And that's what matters. Tom Brady, I love you now that you're in the Bucks. I don't I hated you when you're in the past. I love you now. I hope I hope everything works out in Tampa Bay. But I know this. Everybody else needs to understand this. His arm needs to make it through a 16-game season and then get to the playoffs. In, in the NFC, you're gonna have your shootouts, so you need Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones to get you. I would say a buck twenty as a whole yep. every game, so that Tom Brady doesn't have as much pressure on him. Because once once you know Tom Brady has to beat us, throwing the football, and he's not that much of a downfield threat, the quarterback defenses can can turn the ball over. Defenses will give the ball back to the other team.
0: And you're right about that Tampa running game. They also need to mix in Shady McCoy a lot more because that's yeah, a third dynamic piece. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that. So we'll preview the week. What is this? We just had week three. So yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. We'll preview week four on the Friday pod. Uh, so now we're going to move on to the NBA. Uh, then we'll do the Stanley Cup Finals. We're also going to have a strictly hockey coming out probably tomorrow. We'll, and then we're going to talk about the baseball playoffs and we're going to have Strictly Baseball coming out probably tomorrow as well. Strictly Yankees already came out. I previewed the Yankee-Indian series, uh, but we'll get to that later in this pod. Uh, all of our new podcasts, by the way, are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can check them out. They've been really good. We also have Strictly Rangers coming out probably tomorrow or Friday as well. Henrik Lundqvist just retired. They just, it, not Excuse me, didn't retire. Rangers bought out his contract. It's a sad day. They also bought out Mark Saul long time rangers so we'll have stuff to talk about on that podcast but now let's move on to the NBA your team the Miami Heat are in the NBA finals against LeBron James I've said it if LeBron loses 3 and 7 in the NBA finals unacceptable never he will never be considered the goat still shouldn't be considered the goat 3 and 6 is pathetic especially when you could say should have won the series against Dallas should have won both against the Spurs, but that's for another conversation. This is about this series. I think the Lakers will win the finals. I think the Heat have a very legitimate chance. I think if the Heat win the finals, it's in seven games. If they don't, the Lakers win in six. Um, I just think here's the thing. You have AD. They had the guys to guard AD. It's it's kind of the same thing with Giannis. You have Bam. You have Crowder. You have Iguodala. You have Leonard. You have Dude. You have Jimmy Butler even maybe that can guard AD. The X factor, though, which Milwaukee did not have is a LeBron James. And so you can say he's not the GOAT, not the GOAT. But right now, he's still the best player in the National Basketball Association. You have to watch out for him. He's an elite player. And I don't see who on the Miami Heat can defend him or neutralize him. You know the Heat better than I do. I do think the one way to neutralize the Lakers is the three-point shooting on the side of the Heat. The Lakers do not have anyone on their team that can match the Heat in the three-point shooting category. Don't give me Danny Green or, or Caldwell Pope. They, they're not going to match Tyler Hero and Duncan and Jimmy and all those other dudes that can shoot three. Crowder's been unbelievable from three. How do you think this series is going to go? Obviously, you're a Heat fan, but what are you thinking?
1: Woo. All right, so I am always Team LeBron. I am LeBron James is the GOAT basketball player of all Stop time. Stop it. Get out of here. But right now, it's my Miami Heat. My Miami Heat. I've been going to games since before Dwayne Wade. My dad had season tickets since before Dwayne Wade. I've been going to games for the longest time. I've been I've been at games where Jason Kidd was on the nets with, with God only knows who and playoff series. I was there when they got Shaq, and the, the organization was turned around. We won, a, we won a chip in 06. We became a very desirable franchise to be at. Dwayne Wade, Hall of Famer, first ballot, top ten shooting guard of all time. My Miami Heat are built, are built for the postseason. This organization is built for the postseason. This organization's got some dogs, and that's what we're gonna bring in this series. Now, LeBron James, you're never gonna stop him. There's no such thing as stopping LeBron James. He's gonna give, he's gonna score, he's gonna assist. It's LeBron. Same thing with Jordan when he was in his career. You're not gonna, you can only slow him down. You can't stop him. He's gonna, eventually, he's gonna score. AD is a different story. Bam Adebayo is a completely different beast than what AD has faced in the playoffs.
0: Oh, no wait, he's faced Jokic.
1: Okay. Jokic is a beast, but he's nowhere near as athletic and quick as Bam Adebayo. And at the same oh. time, Bam Adebayo on the offensive side of the ball uh, on the offensive side of the ball is very very aggressive at at the rim. He makes big men foul. Tice fouled. I think Tice fouled out two times this series. um, At the the very least once. And he was always in foul trouble at the end of the game. The list goes, Cantor would come in. Maybe he'd score a couple of buckets, but he was never able to to defend Bam Adebayo. And I'm not saying AD is Tice or or Cantor. Obviously, AD is unbelievable. He's probably the best big man in, in, in the National Basketball Association. Bam Adebayo is equipped to defend him. I think Myers Leonard might play a little bit of a role this series in getting in there to get boards and rough up down and rough up down low and be a guy that he can spare some fouls because he's not going to play much. Anyway, this game will be one for the, these games will be one for the Miami heat through two things. Throw your defenders at LeBron James. I can't think of a better duo in the NBA right now than Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala to, to say, Hey, Iggy, You had a masterful experience against uh, LeBron James in the playoffs in which Iggy won finals MVP against covering LeBron James. Iggy loves this stuff. Iggy wants to cover LeBron. Give Iggy LeBron and watch him work. I'm not saying LeBron's not going to score. He's going to score, but Iggy is going to make life difficult and then throw Jimmy Butler at at Iggy. You kidding me? Jimmy Butler is one of the best defenders in the national basketball association. Then Here's where I believe the Heat will win. I'm not saying they're going to win the series yet, but what I'm saying is when they win games, because they're going to win a few games the series at the very least, yep. here's where they're going to win. Guard play. There's no one on the Lakers that can cover here at the top of the key. There's no one uh, or, or beyond the arc. There's no one on the Lakers who's going, who's going to slow down Duncan Robinson on the pick and rolls uh, or pick and pops. There is no one uh, on the the Lakers that they can spare to go that that is of of uh crowder's height and position to go out to the rim because then they're just going to feed the ball to 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 jimmy or or to to bam so the second the heat get the three-point shooting going i don't know if the lakers actually can handle when the heat are are on from three yeah but i will tell you right now the series will not be good for the miami heat if they can't shoot if the shooting is not good, then then LeBron and AD are just gonna work on you down low, wear you down, and I don't know. But anyway, I think we're I think the big trends of this game to wrap this whole thing up is Iggy Butler on LeBron is gonna be really fun to watch. Bam and AD down low battling. You know that's gonna be great. And the guard play at the top is going to be very interesting because I know the title hero, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. I haven't even brought it has been
0: great. That's right. Drogic
1: has been unbelievable. You got Drogic at, the, at like feeding the ball to Hero and, and Duncan Robinson. I'm telling you, man, point guard shooting guard is going to be huge. Those those battles, this series.
0: I got a question too. What have they been doing with Nunn? Because one of my friends said they've kind of not been using him a lot.
1: So it's a, it's weird. Kendrick Nunn was had the most Rookie of the Months in the season. He was a starter for basically the entire year. Uh, he came to the bubble. Had had something happen. Uh, had to leave the bubble. Had to come back. Uh, and at that point, Drogic was already lighting it up, and Spo kind of made the decision just to go ahead with Drogic. Um, and when Nunn has played this this postseason, he's either been, oh, Nunn's come in. He's given us some good energy. You know, Drogic's got a rest, and he's attacking the basket. This is old. This is Kendrick Nunn from regular season. Or he's gone in and has been a little lost. So I don't know if we're going to see Kendrick Nunn much this series. I'm just going to be honest because I think what they might do is they'll just do point hero. Tyler yeah. heroes has ran the point a few times and they might just go point hero. Drogic comes off the bench and then you got a hero and Duncan Robinson out there or D- Duncan uh, off the floor and you just run Drogic hero. I, I hope we see Kendrick down. He offers a different uh, uh, dynamic to the offense when he's in.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, another point that, you know, we could bring up here, Igadala six straight NBA finals He faced LeBron James four times. What you said, he won the finals MVP because of his performance, not just offensively, but defensively against LeBron James. But here's another thing. Eric Spolstra coached LeBron James in multiple playoff runs. He knows how LeBron James plays basketball. So if there's any coach in the NBA that knows how to stop LeBron James, it's Spo.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think a thing that the the mind games have already started. He already is. Pr- he up, look. Uh, he means it when he praises Coach Spo. He means that. <laughs> but when the reporters start asking about Pat Riley, you know, <laughs> LeBron's always got to be like, "Well, wh- why are you asking me that? Why are you asking me that?" Oh, Pat Riley he, he he's won in every level. He's a legend. Whatever. Here's the thing. LeBron James doesn't want to lose to the Miami Heat. He wants the finals. Obviously, that is obviously written on the wall. That is, of course, you play to win the game. The deeper narrative here is LeBron James does not want to lose to Pat Riley in the finals. Pat Riley, to this day, if you talk to him, would say LeBron should have never left Miami. He should have never left me here. I would have continued to build him rosters. He'd probably have six finals by now if he was here in Miami. And I genuinely believe that. Oh, he would have. Last thing LeBron wants is to play the Heat. And Pat Riley architects, another roster that's able to beat LeBron. That would be a massive stain on a LeBron documentary on a LeBron career is for him to then go right to Miami and play Miami in the finals. While Pat Riley's still there, his has been the architect of three finals rosters in three separate decades and is able to say, yep, I beat LeBron.
0: And not only final. that, but like – and this is no offense to the Heat. They have a ton of great players, but none of them right now are at the level of LeBron or AD. So it's Oh, a, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so it, so. it would be – I don't want to call it an upset because, again, the Heat are a deeper team than the Lakers are by far. But it's LeBron and AD would be considered an upset probably by the media, uh, so we'll probably have to call it that as well. Uh, but let's move on to the NHL Stanley Cup Final – Uh, Again, we said it to lead off the show. Steve was crying when the Lightning won the Cup. Uh, Then he went to meet them at the airplane uh, when they came off the plane yesterday at the airport. Today, he's at the parade. Uh, So he's been having pretty much the time of his life as a Lightning fan. Uh, It's pretty disgusting for me to see because I'm a Ranger fan and they destroyed us uh, two straight years in the Eastern Conference Finals. Destroyed my childhood. But you know what? This group had to get it done. To be all serious here, they had to get it done. They did. They came off the sweep last year against the Columbus Blue Jackets, which was an absolute embarrassment. They outplayed everyone they played in the postseason this year. They had that mindset going in. They were like, wait a second, we have a better roster than we did last year. We had the best regular season in the history of the NHL last year. No one's talking about us. Everyone's obsessed with the old Boston Bruins, with the old Pittsburgh Penguins, the Capitals that weren't deep. No one was talking about the light. Everyone was obsessed with Carter Hart, even though the Flyers have no offensive talent outside of Konechny and a few other guys. The Lightning had the deepest roster other than the Colorado Avalanche. They're definitely lucky that they didn't have to face the Avs because that could have been really close. Not saying the Stars aren't a good team. They're a very good team. They're better than a lot of people thought. They're better than I thought. I remember all three of us, me, you, and Steve, we were like, yeah, I don't, I don't think the, the Stars are really going to go farther than the Flame series. Meanwhile, they end up going to the Cup Final. But nonetheless, great series by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They played hard. They finally won their Cup. John Cooper's no longer on the hot seat. Uh, Stephen Stamkos got to come in for about three minutes of ice time and he scored a goal. So at least he can say, you know what? I contributed to the cup. I got, you know, I, I at least did something to get the ring. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay lightning winning the cup?
1: Yeah. I thought a really interesting, um, uh, like, quote that I saw online was one of the guys in the locker room. It said, We saw what happened to the University of Virginia men's basketball team, and you know, we saw that they were bounced uh, one of the first, the first ever one seed to lose in, in round one, and then and you know, go on the following year and respond and win it all. Uh, and that's kind of the, the mentality they brought into this. You know, a very similar situation happened to them, they got embarrassed by the Columbus Blue Jackets after an unbelievable postseason. Uh, they got swept and then they come back this year and they get it done in the face of adversity and coronavirus and they you know they didn't have the easiest road to the finals they had to play the bees uh, they had to play the blue jackets again I mean that's the, the Islanders were tough Islanders tough very really, really tough team and then you have to go play the stars who are a damn good hockey team uh, it sucks that they couldn't do it in front of fans but it is what it is. Uh, the Lightning were clearly the best team in the NHL this season. I thought the Avs, Lightning would be an unbelievable series, but um, yeah, the Lightning deserve this. It's really good for them, good for hockey in Florida, too. That, you know, clearly a winner can be built in Florida in a non traditional state for hockey, and it's awesome. Uh, my early cup favorite next year would be the Lightning to repeat.
0: Oh, for sure. I think either them or Colorado for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and real quick, and this is big news and, you know, everyone says, Oh, you, I've, I've had people say, Oh, you talk about the Rangers all the time. You're a Ranger fan. No one cares about the Rangers. This is actually big news. Uh, the Rangers bought out Henrik Lundqvist this morning, 15 years as a New York Ranger, arguably the best Ranger of all time, bought out Rangers needed to save cap space. Uh, they also bought out Mark Stahl, who was there for 13 years. These are guys that I've watched literally since I started watching hockey. Um, but the Rangers needed to save cap space and they saved, I believe around $7 million this year by buying those two out. But nonetheless, Rangers released a tribute video for Lundquist this morning. Lundquist said that it was his, uh, uh, and I'll pull up the quote here in a second. He said it was, uh, his biggest honor of his life to be a New York Ranger. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, the biggest source of pride and joy in my life. Grateful for the opportunity. I will always cherish my time as a ranger. And he thanked everyone for everything. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hank, man? This is the this is an end to a, a, a an incredible run as a ranger, and he'll he'll be sure to get his uh, number retired.
1: Yep, uh, I think that he is the best ranger in the history of the New York Rangers. I think he surpassed Messier and those big names that you had there. Hank is Hank bleeds blue and red, and I don't know. He had an unbelievable career. I wish he would have got that Stanley Cup back in, what was it, 2014?
0: 14. 2014?
1: Yep. Heartbreaking. 2014. Um, I wish he would have gotten that. Uh, there's no stain on his legacy for not having a cup. I believe the roster that was constructed in front of him was just never good enough. He's not the GM. He did his job. He stopped pucks. Uh, and I wish him all the best going forward, and I think that he was – an all-timer. I think he's a top 10 goalie to ever play the game, really top top 15 at the very least. And that's a lot. I mean, that's the same a lot. There's been a lot of unbelievable goalies in the NHL's history that have a stake at the best goalie ever. And, you know, it sucks to see him go, but I think it was time and he's a smart guy. So good for him. And the Rangers will retire his jersey and he'll be a hall of famer.
0: For sure. I mean, he, he leads the, uh, he has 50 franchise records for the Rangers. I mean, that's, I mean, are you kidding? That, that's like inconceivable. Um, you said he might be better than Messier. I know my dad, he's been watching the Rangers for a long time. He'd probably have a uh, a little uh, disagreement because Messier obviously won the cup. You have Brian Leach, one of the best defenders of all time too. He won the cup in 94, but Lundqvist is, is right there. You're splitting hairs as one of the most impactful guys in Ranger history. Uh, But we'll move on now to baseball because we're in the playoffs now. Uh, I I do want to apologize. We were supposed to have strictly baseball come out before the playoffs started, uh, but we've had some scheduling issues with getting that podcast on. And actually right now I'm turning on the Braves and Reds game, which is in the bottom of the second inning right now. We're on Wednesday, so we've already had the game ones in the American League. Uh, CJ, you're a Marlins fan. They're in the playoffs right now, and I'm going to pull up the bracket here, if I can find it, I don't know where it is uh, on this. You know, baseball, by the way, they have the worst app I've ever seen. Um, so I'll have the screenshot here the bracket in just a second. Uh, okay, yeah. So the Blue Jays, they're facing the Rays in a three-game series. The Rays are the number one seed. Blue Jays are the number eight. Rays won game one. They're going to win that series. I don't think we really have to talk about that one. Uh, Then we have Yankees and Indians. Um, And here's the thing about the Yankees. Uh, I did my Yankee podcast the other day. I said the Yankees had to win game one or they were going to lose the series. I was very doubtful about it because Shane Bieber won the triple crown in pitching in the American League. Best pitcher by far. But I said, this is why you pay Garrett Cole. If he doesn't win this game, that's a complete failure. You don't pay someone $324 million to lose a game like that. And he didn't. He dominated, and Bieber was terrible. Yankees won 11-2, and they'll probably win that series. You have the Twins and the Astros, 3v6. Uh, The Astros won game one. I still think Minnesota comes back and wins the series because uh, Houston had to use not only Granky yesterday, but they used the guy that they were going to put in game two as their starter, Framber Valdez. They brought him in as a bullpen guy yesterday. So I think they're pr- they were already light on pitching without Verlander, without Garrett Cole. Uh, they're light on pitching, and now you're backing up your rotation a day. Um, so I think the Astros will end up losing that series. And then you have the A's and White Sox in the AL. White Sox won game one. So I don't know how familiar you are uh, with the team, CJ, but do you have any predictions for the AL? Um, honest, that interruption, we had some audio issues with the podcast. The connection got lost, uh, so we're not going to have CJ for the rest of the pod. It's kind of a shame because he's a Marlins fan. The Marlins went in the playoffs. I'm actually recording this after their game one. He picked Marlins in this series. I actually did too. I called an upset, um, but – uh, you know, it, it might be hard for you to believe just because we didn't say that before the game, but we're, uh, we're being truthful. We both called Marlins in an upset against the Cubs. I think the Cubs have a very overrated team. Their bullpen is pretty bad. Um, they don't have a legitimate closer. So I, I think the Marlins have had this upset gene in them all year, and they're going to keep it going at least against the Cubs. Not farther than that, but at least against the Cubs. Uh, the Astros also just swept the Twins. What a pathetic performance by the Minnesota Twins in every playoff series they played in for like the last decade plus. This team does not know how to win in the playoffs. They just got swept by a Houston Astros team without Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. They throw out Zach Granke, who did pretty well, but then they used their game two starter in game one, which you just heard me say a few minutes ago, by the way, I should have said this to leave this off. I'm completely wrong. I said Minnesota would come back in this series, mainly because I said Houston used Granke and their number two starter in game one. So I'm saying who you're going to throw out in game two. They threw out Jose or and he shut the twins down. The twins are pathetic in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Swept by the Yankees last year, swept by the Astros this year. Uh, I am no longer scared of them. They have a great lineup, but they go dry in the playoffs period, period. End of story. Um, the A's won Game 2 against the White Sox. I think I said the A's were going to win that series still. I don't know if I did, but I think they will now. Um, I forget what I say. I forget my take sometimes, guys. It's Sometimes I just pick right on the spot what I'm going to say. Um, I do think the Yankees are going to win Game 2 tonight. The Rays just swept the Blue Jays, expected. Uh, so now they get a little bit of a break in between this game and their first game of the ALDS, which will probably be against the New York Yankees. I still maintain the position can the Yankees beat the Rays? They were 2-8 against them in the season. I don't know if they'll be legitimate enough to do it now. Just because they beat the crap out of the Indians yesterday doesn't mean they might not lose tonight and have to go to a Game 3 and then struggle in a Game 3 and then be on short rest going to Tampa facing probably Snell and lose that game and then you're down the hole in Game 1. The, the Yankees might very well lose that series of the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that it's probably likely. I think the Rays are just a better team. And they're hitting now in the playoffs. They scored... I mean, at one point I saw they were winning eight to two, so they they can score runs. Uh, they've been putting Nate Low at first base, so they have Nate Low and Brandon Lau, spelled the same way L O W E. I've never seen something like that; it's pretty crazy. Uh, but Nate Low is their new first baseman. He's younger, probably a better power bat. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be the long term guy there. Troy struggled this season, kind of a season unexpected last year, and he'll probably ride the bench for the Rays. Looking in the National League, the Braves won Game 1. Uh, I saw today, which I, I, I forget every year how bad the Braves are in the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff series since 2001, and they won Game 1 today in 13 innings, one nothing. It's kind of frustrating because I was sitting there, and I'm like, there's four other games on right now. I don't really want to keep watching this one. It's boring as all hell. I want to move on to the other games. The Rays had started. The A's and White Sox were playing. Uh, and as I'm talking right now, the Padres are losing to uh, St. Louis 6-3. to San Diego goes in the hole here, then they might be in trouble because they don't have Mike Clevenger or Denilson Lamet on the roster, uh, which is huge. Those are their two best starters outside of Paddock who struggled this year and really struggled all year. So that's quite a shame because the Dodgers are going to obliterate the Cardinals in the NLDS. It's not even going to be a competition. Uh, I think the Padres could have given them a run. And I'm not saying the Padres are done. They can come back and win this game. But if they do lose, it's quite the shame so, it is bad to see. I'm trying to remember what else we were going to talk about. But bottom line is CJ called the Marlins. They won game one today against the Cubs. They only need one more win. And they're throwing out Sixto Sanchez in game two. This kid throws 100 miles per hour. And the thing that's biggest about him to me, Pedro Martinez compared himself to Sixto Sanchez. That's about as high of a compliment as you could possibly give someone. Pedro did that for Davey Garcia, too. It's not It's not a compliment that you hand out very often. So uh, that's the rundown in baseball. Um, I guess I can keep giving the bracket. I think the Dodgers are going to go to the World Series. Uh, filling out the rest of the bracket to me is pretty pointless because whoever comes out of these other series, I just don't see doing anything. Um, I'm trying to think about who the other series so it's the the the, the, so it's going to be Padres Cardinals against the Dodgers series and the Dodgers are playing the eight seed so they're playing Milwaukee that's right so Milwaukee's playing the Dodgers and then you have the Braves against the Reds so the winner of Braves Reds is going to play the winner of Cubs Marlins I don't see any of those four teams being as strong as the Dodgers Dodgers will go to the World Series. And quite frankly, they're the strongest team in baseball. And if they don't win this year, I mean, they're, right now they hold the title for me as National Chokers. That's absolutely what they are. They've had teams for the last five, six, seven years that have been World Series cal- caliber, and they've not been able to do it. Specifically, two World Series in a row against Houston and Boston. So they should have been able to win the World Series at this point with the talent that they have. Now they have Mookie Betts to add on to it. They should, they should win the World Series this year. And as far as the American League goes, uh, like I said, I think it is likely that the Rays are going to win the ALDS. I think they'll advance. I think Oakland wins the series against the White Sox. It will be Oakland against the winner of... Um, of so, right. So, Oakland will face Houston. And I think Oakland would beat Houston. Oakland's deeper. They won the division by a lot. The Astros have been in- inconsistent all year. And they beat a very... Ter- quite frankly, a terrible team in the playoffs in the Minnesota Twins, a completely non-clutch team. I mean, if you, you want to talk about chokers, the Minnesota Twins are arguably worse than the Dodgers, but I would say losing in the World Series twice in a row to a team, two teams you probably could have beat might be worse. But anyway, Oakland will definitely beat Houston. It will be Tampa and Oakland in the ALCS. Now, I will say, if the Yankees find a way to beat Tampa in the ALDS – I think that they will win the Oakland series because I feel like if they can win against Tampa, I feel like they can beat Oakland and go to the world series, but ultimately the Dodgers are the favorites. I think they will win the world series this year. And at this point, um, I know if you've listened to the pods consistently, since we started this thing, I did say, I don't know if I would count this year as a legitimate champion. I think it's actually, you, you can make the argument that it is. And I think, After watching the season and seeing the struggles that teams had to make, it's arguably harder to win the World Series this year. You have three game sets before the AL and NLDS. Now you're going to be playing five straight days in the DS series, seven straight days in the CS, and seven straight days in the World Series. That's a lot. That's a lot of baseball. So... Uh, I don't want to keep going on a baseball tangent here because we have a podcast for that, Strictly Baseball. I know I said earlier in the podcast it would drop today. It won't. Steve decided to go to the parade for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can't blame him there. So that'll come out tomorrow. We're also going to have Strictly Hockey probably coming out tomorrow, another episode of Strictly Sports on Friday. Strictly Rangers coming out this week as well. You can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can also check this one out on iHeartRadio as well. We have changed the Twitter and Instagram handles for our social media. Our Twitter is now strictly sports P Uh, the P is for productions. And then the Instagram and Facebook handles are strictly sports production there. But nonetheless, please go follow them. Please rate subscribe uh, to this podcast. Comments are great for us as well. Uh, Send them to your friends. If you enjoyed them and we're going to have, again, we, we laid out the podcast lineup for this week. You'll see them. For C.J. Yuri who had to leave a little bit early because of technical difficulties, and for myself, Jacob Brown, we will see you next time.